Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is one hundred one point nine High FM, Soul to Soul. I've got the power, indeed. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Soul to Soul. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kievman, and for the next hour and nearly every Thursday from one to two p.m. Right here on 101.9 Chai FM. And for a change today, I'm not alone in the studio. With me here, coming to you live on radio, I have two very important personalities from our community. Today's guest is my senior colleague, a rabbi's rabbi, one whom we all look up to and admire, as there's so much us rabbis as well as many of your congregants and beyond can learn from, and I'm referring to Rabbi Tzadok Sushard, spiritual leader of the base Hamedrash Hagadol Santin Shul, and Dayan on our base din, flanked by one of his and my true friends, a man who is no stranger to many of our community's shuls, Gabai of the Pesach retreat, and Gabai of this shul, and that shul, and the other shul. None other than Mr. Mel Kerr Mendel. Welcome to the studio, Rabbi Sushard and Mel. Thank you, Rabbi. It's a pleasure to have you here on Soul to Soul. How are you doing today? Fine, fine. Speaking. Ah, you're live. You're right on. You're right into the mic right here. Everyone's tuning in, listening. And I just want to say, if any of our listeners would like to ask the Rabbi, Rabbi Sushard, or Mel, or myself, any questions, then feel free to send an SMS or a WhatsApp to us here in the studio. And I'll read the questions aloud, or feel free to call us in the studio live. That's even better. So, I see there's a new studio number. If you want to call into the studio and speak with Rabbi Sushard Mel or myself live, the number is 010-140-3020. Again, I'll repeat it. I know how the, I know how that works. You're always like, what's that number again? Okay, here it goes. 010-140-3020. 3020, and if you'd like to send an SMS to the studio or a WhatsApp, then hang on for the numbers. For an SMS, it's simple, 34519. Again, 34519, and you could send any question or comment to Rabbi Sushard or Mel or myself, or you could send a WhatsApp, and that doesn't come at any cost. We have it right here on the screen. It will be streaming, and the number is 061 895-1019. You could store that on your phone as Chai FM WhatsApp line, and you'll always know if you want to send a message into the studio for this show or any show. That number again is 061-895-1019. So, Rabbi Sushar, let's start with you. You've served our community faithfully for many years. It's been 46 years at the Beis HaMadr Shagadal. Everyone knows you, we all respect and admire you, and many rabbis wish to emulate you, Rabbi Sushard. So perhaps you could share with us some of the background of how long you've been here, what you've been up to, and how 50 years have flown by, what's happened in between. Thank you very much. So, um, I actually was born in Johannesburg. So you're a local, you're indigenous. uh, I'm a South African, actually went to... Uh, public school, Yobo Boys. I don't think it exists anymore. What was public school like in those days here? Was I mean, it seems like it was more common that people yeah. went to public school in those days in Joburg. Not as common today. Yeah, it was really a Jewish day school. <laughs> really? <laughs> was it the Cheder? Us, um, it is, 
you know, most of us were Jews. We went in Yeovil. I lived in Berea. And um, it was, you know, most of the guys, the soccer teams, most of them actually were, were, were Jewish. Headmaster wasn't Jewish. Um, but it's some great people came out of uh, that school. I think uh, uh, Dr. Castle. I think Judge Goldstone, few people, you know. Rabbi Sushard. And, so, and, uh, and then afterwards I went to Parktown Boys High. Why well, I went to Parktown? Because uh, I had an uncle, Dr. Aaron Penn. So he was um, uh, he was a, a, great, uh, a great doctor. He had also uh, did well in colors in Parktown. Of course, um, Ali Bakr, also a very good friend of mine, who was a student, who's a congregant in uh, Santon. So he also went to the school. So you had, very, so you had good schoolmates. Good, good schoolmates. Good schoolmates. Was it a very, was it a very big percentage Jewish? Very big percentage. Yeah. When I went to Parktown, I found that there were less, you know, there was less Jews because I think most of the Jews were in Berea, Yeovil, came up from Dorfentine. And was there any Jewish curriculum in those days in the public school, considering that so many of the pupils were Jewish? Uh, no, I think we all went to Cheder. So I went to Cheder in the afternoon to the Bria Cheder. So after a full day of school, you still had the patience, the keiches, yeah. the, the tolerance for yeah. Cheder. That's right. I think in those days, you know, a long time ago, so over 50 years ago, I, I was just mentioning to other people that on a... A uh, Pesach night, Erev Pesach, you know, first night mm-hmm. Seder in Shul, the Shul was packed like Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And I think maybe because it was all the um, people have come, had come from Europe, you know, my parents right. and uh, grandfathers, grandmothers. You know, if you didn't Jewish. see them in Shul, chances are they were at the Pesach retreat. That's why you <laughs> didn't see them. Right. <laughs> Very good. And what was what was it like? Let's say Pesach. You mentioned the Yom Tovim. Was did the school give a dispensation? Did you have off school when it came to Jewish festivals and holidays, or was there still school and some attended and some didn't? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Some attended, some didn't attend. It wasn't a proper Jewish day school. <laughs> was but there a dispensation for those who didn't attend? I think so. I just don't remember. Don't right. Remember. Yeah. And tell me something else, Rabbi Sushad. You know, I know this. The, the, today's discussion is conversation about you and your life, but it's just interesting to our listeners to hear about life back in yeah, those days. True, true. You know, you take a, a Sukkot or a Pesach, and you mention how the shul was packed, but did you see a lot of people, you know, were people kosher observant? I don't think you had as many kosher restaurants then, even though you possibly had more Jews in town then, or yarmulkes on people's heads, or uh, sukkahs on a, on a sukkah. You know, what was it like then? Has it changed since? What I do remember is people were very... They were very traditional. I remember that uh, we used to used to go to shul, and there used to be uh, boys and girls. It used to Bnei Kiva in those days was Shomer Adati, mm-hmm. and um, and there was uh, all the different uh, camps Bnei Tzion and and uh, Hambonim, and really that I think there was a good Jewish spirit. Uh, you know that there, there was, but we didn't have. What we have today, like yeshivot, yeshivas, you know, that um, didn't have yeshiva college, you didn't have the uh, Shari Torah, you didn't have the other schools. In King David, um, when I went to high school, I actually didn't go to King David. I just, I'm not sh- you know, uh, one of my friends was uh, head prefect at, at King David, but 
I think even there also the King David, you know, it was it was very Jewish, very Jewish. Were there more Jewish kids at King David or at the other schools? Because I assume back then it was a different a different setup in the country that, that perhaps the education was better. I'm not sure why public school. Look, you take in the United States, more Jewish kids are attending public schools than going to private Jewish schools. So most of us went to public school, mm-hmm. but, but then the... Um, then the then the King David started, and then then the Shiva College started, but uh, but for instance in Santon, some of our first years in Santon we ran a cheder, so we had about two hundred people in the cheder, two hundred kids in the cheder, and uh, we had an afternoon cheder and I think four morning cheders uh, in the different public schools where we used to have teachers teaching like a, a class half an hour three quarters of an hour before school started in the public school in on the, the pub- premises on the premises and then, so there was no separation of church and state that that bar- that would not allow it no no they they welcomed it it was you know that's incredible and then what happened was that um, when King David started so we actually in Santon I'd like to mention his name um, uh, the late General Eisner so when we were in Santon, we found um, that uh, wave after wave, after, kid, after people became more religious, then they immigrated, they crossed the Rubicon, mm-hmm. you know, Louis Botha, and they went to Glen Hazel. So we, uh, we wanted, uh, actually wanted a yeshiva college at those times, but it was difficult. So Gerald and myself went to the Board of Education, and for two years... The, uh, the, the first King David Primary School was on the grounds of the Santon Shore, and we still use those premises for um, uh, for our nursery school at the moment. And it also has become King David has also taken taken over the running of our mini Burson nursery school. And I was the other day at uh, King. So from that from that inception, I've been the official rabbi of the King David. And um, I taught there many years. Are you, do you still hold yeah, that position? I, I still hold that position. And also I... Um, Is that only King David Santon or I all did, the King David? No, just King David Santon. Okay. And then uh, whenever we have a, our bar mitzvah from our shul, so I always go to take the, sem, uh, the uh, assembly. And Mrs. Horwitz is the principal. She allows me to speak to the bar mitzvah boy and to say something to all the kids and I, this last time I went you know it's, it's just wonderful to see 400 children sitting in the uh, auditorium in the hall over there Wow it's fascinating and I see that we're getting messages from listeners who are tuning in and really enjoying this uh, just hearing the background and your story of life back then so there's a lot more and there's many questions coming through which mm-hmm. we're going to ask you Rabbi Sushard but first we're going to go pay the bills and take a quick ad break this is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman. With me here in studio, I've got Rabbi Sushard and Melker, and we're talking about life back in the days. We'll be getting to these days soon as well. And i got to say, Rabbi Sushard, there's quite a few messages and questions coming through. I just want to read one or two of them here. One says, an honor to know Rabbi Sushard. What a wonderful man. Going to miss you. Amazing service to the community. Kind regards from Garen Cohen and family. Here's another one. I'd like to say that it's been the greatest honor of my life to be under the leadership of the great Rabbi Sushard. The kindest, 
wisest, most humble man I know. Rabbi Sushad has never lost his cool or said anything unkind about anyone in the years I know him, which is 37 years. He's a hero to me, and learning with him and hearing his divrei Torah has been, like I said, the greatest honor of my life. His name and kindness will be remembered for generations to come. Mazel tov, Rabbi Sushard, and thank you for leading by example and showing me how a tzaddik behaves. And I don't know if that, there's no signature to that message, but there's more of them coming through, which I'll be reading just now. And if any listeners want to send your messages, questions, or comments to Rabbi Sushard, feel free to send a WhatsApp to 061-895-1019. You're even welcome to call the studio. Zero one zero one four zero three zero two zero, Rabbi Sushard, back okay. to you. Okay, that was very kind. Who, whoever it was, I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those messages coming, yes. ladies and gents. Rabbi Sushard, you mentioned Yeshiva College before, and I believe you were from the founding yeah. first students of the Yeshiva. Yeah. Tell us about that a little so bit. It's good to speak about. So I, I just want to win. <clears throat> So in those days, um, there was in South Africa, of course, um, Rabbi Kosovsky, Rabbi Michael Kosovsky, mm-hmm. and he, um, and and him together with I think Rabbi Bronner, they um, decided to start a, a yeshiva, proper yeshiva, which is outstanding. Then they sent to tells to um, bring someone out to start the yeshiva. And um, they sent a person, Rabbi David Sanders. Rabbi David Sanders, he came, he wasn't married. He learned in the Tel Yeshiva. And um, and then they started looking for, for students. So it's very interesting that uh, my mother, Oliver Sholem, Leo Sholem, that um, she heard that there was a Shiva, so she, she took my brother David and myself to the Yeshiva. She says, you're going to the Yeshiva? Going to the Yeshiva? I didn't know what the word yeshiva meant. <laughs> Were there uh, no other yeshivas yet then here? N- not to my knowledge. And uh, and I uh, I think there was some learning in Corona Lodge with B'nai Kiva. Mm-hmm. There's a few guys there. Um, there there is, a, is a little bit more of history there. Right. I don't want to under... Uh, what year approximately that, was this that, you're, that you were going to the yeshiva? Your mother mentioned this yeah, to you. So, um, so if, well... I was there. I was 15 years old, you know. So okay, so that was about three years ago. Fine. <laughs> and and then, uh, but I just wanted to mention one thing. You know, you listen to your mother. In those days, you listen to your mother. She says you're going to go to Yeshiva. You go to Yeshiva. So we were. Uh, I had a, a grandfather, Zayda, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Isaac Penn, and he always was in shul, Berea shul. We were walking distance to the shul, and we we kept everything. Can't say that. Uh, I'll say something a little bit naughty, <coughs> that uh, we went to the Cheder. I have to just mention this because people like to hear it, that uh, I was also, like any other young kid, a little bit of a naughty boy. <laughs> you, uh, Rabbi Sushar? I was expelled from Cheder. I remember Mr. Goodman of Asholem, and my father had to bring me back, and I had to apologize, <laughs> which, of course, I did. And, um, and, and then we used to play soccer and there was by my bar mitzvah was Rabbi Swift Moshe Swift from, from England also became was a Dayan in, in, in England so there was a lot of us guys and we used to go to shul and we used to Cousin Mandel was there and um, I remember a little bit Rabbi Rabbi Gervis 
That was the and, background music he used to give. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it was beautiful to, to, to go to the shul. I, I didn't last very long in the choir. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> but there was, was a choir, and then um, Rabbi Loy, he took over in Berea um, Shul. And was, uh, I remember him sending us, we had a brach at my house, and he sent us off. To, but anyway, going back to, to, to Yeshiva College, so we were from the first 10 boys. And wow. Rabbi, and, um, and and good good. There's a few of us who are still here, and um, uh, we uh, we learnt in the afternoon. We learnt in the afternoon. I remember I started reading the Chumash from cover to cover. You know, you know, we're trying to do it. And then um, I liked. I was at Parktown, so I played cricket and rugby, and I uh, got colours in athletics for two years. I remember Rabbi Saunders came to watch me run. Um, I was uh, a little bit naughty also when I, I became um, then I became Shomri Shabbos properly and I remember that there was a big event that we were running I think against uh, Jeppe at one of the schools and uh, and it was on Shabbos but I refused to go but uh, but, uh, but then they had the South African Jewish South African uh, Transvaal um, uh, Junior Athletics, and that was in Pretoria. So I had a good friend from B'nai Kiva lived in uh, Pretoria. So I, I slept in Pretoria, and I walked to the stadium with my, my spikes around my neck. Wow! So, so you know, uh, I tried. You know, you try to hold 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 on to it, and um, but that you know we. But I was in a in there were four of us in a relay team. What were you competing and, and, in? In the, so in the half mile, I came third. I got a bronze medal. Wow! We did under two minutes, which was good at those times. And then uh, in the relay, we won. And I remember there was four of us: one from Parktown, wasn't Jewish, and the other. Let's say out of the four, I think three of us were Jewish, and uh, the other two was. I am trying to remember, but one was from Jeppe and one from Parktown, and uh, we, we actually, you know, won that race. Um, Incredible. And then, then I always wanted to go to the Maccabi Games, mm -hmm. but then when I matriculated, um, Rabbi Saunders asked me if I wanted to go to America to learn in the, in the Telji Shiva. So, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into, <laughs> but uh, who doesn't want to go to America? Yeah. <laughs> so when I went to Cleveland and my two friends went to the Maccabi Games, yeah. Wow, was that, was that a whole new culture shock moving to the United States, going to the Telji Shiva? It was. There were three of us, Mendy Katz, the late David Fine, mm -hmm. who was a rabbi, wonderful fellow, um, just passed away, and... Um, Bullachai, myself, we took us. We're all three of you from South Africa. From South Africa. Now there were other South Africans. There was one other, and Sammy Himmelstein. Sammy mm -hmm. Himmelstein. His father was a choir conductor, and I remember it took us uh, two two weeks. To, we went by ship to 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 England to to Southampton, and uh, my uncle Aaron Penn, which I mentioned before, was supposed to meet us. There and somehow we didn't meet him at the dock, so we went to South African house, and uh, um, we we needed food to eat, so we just so we went. Well, Shabbos morning we went to shul, and I remember there was uh, we went afterwards. We told the rabbi that we were on the way to to yeshiva in Cleveland, and he said, you know, he said that's so wonderful. 
<laughs> he left us. We, had, we, did, we needed something to eat, so we so we went back to the to the South African house. Yeah, and and we saw what they had for breakfast. You know, ham and eggs, wow. <laughs> bacon and eggs. I think uh. it was. So uh, we were a little bit stuck, but then my uncle turned up, and he took us to Golders Green. I remember there's a boarding house, and a lot of the English people all know at Mrs. House, and we stayed there for a night or two. And then um, I think I went to some relatives. My father, my father was born in in uh, England. So my father, I think he, his sister, went to Manchester. And then uh, we went by uh, the Queen Elizabeth, the first. Uh, we to, to so this was all by boat all that you went boat. all those the way to Cleveland. You, you went by boat. Where did you dock in the U.S.? Where did you arrive and, to? And we came to, I think it was New was York. Was it New York? New, New York. And that, but and we only had one meal. Sure. I had one meal. Wow. One meal is because after the first meal, we got seasick. I got seasick. Ah. I still remember it to this day. To get seasick is too terrible. Ah. There's a message here in regards to Rabbi Sushra from Josh Sachs. I started with him at Rabbi Sonda's yeshiva. He stayed, but I left, so I never became a rabbi. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if any of them became rabbis. And there's another message here. When you face a personal challenge, oh, no, that's something else. Okay, we got a phone call here from, who's calling? Let's hear who's on the line. Hi, my name is Anne Brest. I'm a friend of Rabbi and Rabbi Sushard and his family. Hello, Anne. It's so good to have Hi. you on the line with us. Thanks, Rabbi Kiesman. I just want to say I've been listening to the messages, and there's nothing that I can add to top those except to say that Rabbi Sushard is a mensch with a capital M. He's Absolutely. humble. And everything that everybody else said, I cannot agree with them more. I also know who the second caller was, and I will tell Rabbi privately. Not over the air. So thank you so much. Hi, Mel. And Hello, I'm sorry Eddie. I couldn't be with you today. Hi, Mel. I'm sick in bed. Otherwise, I would have been there. You know that. So good luck. And Rabbi, I just want to wish you and Rachel and your family everything of the best. I'm going to miss you. But it's not the end. And please, God, in the future, I will see you. Thank you. Well, thank you for that kind call. And just uh, just from on Anne's words, there is going to be a very special dinner next week, I believe, that's going to be honoring you, Rabbi Sushard. So maybe Mel could tell us a little bit about this special event that's happening. Fifty year, Nearly 50 years of dedicated service to the community. I think it's worthwhile for people to hear and how they could still book. Well, we don't have much space, but please phone our office at the shul, um, and we'll see if we're accommodating you. Uh, the dinner is in honor of uh, dedication to Rabbi Sushard for his 45 years of undevoted service to our shul. And uh, we, please God, going to honor him on Tuesday evening. Looking forward to that special event. Rabbi Sushard, you were middle telling us about your expedition, yeah. which sounded quite adventurous with one meal in how many weeks of travel? Two weeks of no, travel? No, that was, no, that was seven days. Uh, seven days from Joburg to, to Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we, we didn't starve, but we couldn't enjoy the good food because uh, it was <laughs> unkosher food. And, <laughs> well, after you met your Ebbetson, then you certainly couldn't starve. Yeah. What happened? How did you get to the Tells Yeshiva? What was it like? Was it a culture shock coming from Johannesburg? It's a whole different yeah. experience. I've, yeah. I've been to Cleveland. Yeah. I visited the Tells Yeshiva. And in fact, we 
go a little bit back in that sense because my uncle was with you in the yeshiva. Um, my uncle was uh, Yitzchak Katz. Yeah, we were we were in the same class. Yeah. You were classmates. So tell us a little bit about the experience of the Telza yeshiva because I don't know if there's anything like that here. Yeah. So I'm sure the listeners would love to hear a yeah. little bit about that. So, so I w- really would like to because our first interview we um, met the met the Rosh Yeshivas. At that time, there was. Four Rosh Shivas. Uh, it was started by Rabbi Elmeya Bloch Sitzal, who, who had died two years before, and and uh, Rav Chaim Mordechai Ketz. And they were brothers-in-law. And then there was uh, Rabbi Gifter and Rabbi Baruch Surotskin and Rav Chaim Stein. And I remember they started interviewing us. You know, it was these fellows who came from... Um, they came from the from, old country, from, from the, you know, to coming from South Africa. Yeah. But I remember they started asking questions. You know, one question they asked us: Why was Yisro's name Yitro? You know, so I said, "That's what his name was." You know, <laughs> and they asked a few other questions. We we didn't, uh, you know, we went to Shiva students, and but they said, "Do you want to go back? Should we send them home?" So I, <laughs> so I said, "No." <laughs> what was the answer they were yeah, looking for? Yeah. yeah. So I said no, and then, then we, you know, it's, I spent eleven years there. After eight years, I got married. I was for just over three years. I was at. They gave me a, um, a position as a teacher in the yeshiva. Um, I learned in the kollel. It was powerful. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, when you heard a person like Rav Gifter, davening and blowing the shofar and crying as he made the brachot. He was just, you know, you, we were just fortunate to to have those people who had learned in Europe amongst the great rabbis of Europe. And um, so we got so much out of it. And I uh, was there for 11 years. Actually never, never wrote, never even phoned home once. Just strange, you know, those days you just didn't fly back and forth. And you Did you send telegrams to your parents? And also not, you know. Um, but then when my first son, Mordechai, was born, so my father came to the bris. And uh, I'll tell you something, the, the listeners will enjoy this, that he, uh, he stayed in the dormitory and, uh, you know, he, was a, he lived in South Africa. So uh, he, he put his shoes outside the door, <laughs> <laughs> expecting, you know, someone to come and polish them, which, of course, didn't happen. And... Uh, and and then I later on my my mother came and then uh, and then uh, and then Rabbi um, Tanzer came to to the yeshiva and uh, see they so the, the tells the yeshiva sent Rabbi Saunders and afterwards after a while Rabbi Saunders left the yeshiva and they asked for a, another young young person a young couple he came as a couple Rabbi Tanzer and uh, to be the Rosh Yeshiva. And then after a few years, he I remember he visited the yeshiva and he asked me and he brought me back to yeshiva college. And we wanted to start a yeshiva gedola. I don't think we didn't get off the grounds. And then they asked if I would start the Menorah Girls High. And I went and I just wanted to mention his name because he was of a shalom. But Lou Franklin, you know, his, his son is, was a great rabbi in the, um, Australia, and we went from door to door, and we started the yeshiva, the Menorah Girls High, with I think 20 
I think it was 27 pupils. Where was that? At, at, at the Yeshiva College. At uh, Yeshiva College, okay. At the Yeshiva College. It's, it's, you know, it wasn't as, as this girls' school wasn't as it is now. It was really, uh, I think it, I think it was a house. And we, you know, we, until we, till we got it going. And uh, I remember that the late Rabbi Casper came to the opening and it was, you know, that, that was one of my milestones. And I was there for four years and I left just as the girls went into matric. Did you foresee yourself in your youth becoming a rabbi? Did you see that that was going to happen? Was that something you planned on? No, no, I don't, I don't remember that, no. So when did your rabbinic career begin? Was it something that took off in Tells, or was that here in South Africa? I think when, you know, I enjoyed learning, uh, you know, the little bit of with the, what we learned in Shiva College. Don't forget it was in the afternoon after school, and we had to write matric, and uh, it had to be, uh, you know, couldn't interfere too much with uh, my running. <laughs> and then You were uh, still running then? Yeah, still running, of course. Yeah. And you're still running uh, today? Yeah. And then... Uh, in fact, when I came to Yeshiva, I brought my spikes with me, and I remember I used to sneak out. There was a local high school, and I used to run around the track there. And I had a, one of my friends from Yeshiva. He was pretty good. We, we had a race. He even beat me. <laughs> and uh, uh, Mossack Silverberg, I like to mention his name. And, uh, and then... Uh, and then somebody saw it, and he says, look, you've got to decide what you want to do. <laughs> Are you going to put your head into learning? or you?" And then I think maybe that's when I really... Well, when we're back after the next break, we're going to ask you, Rabbi Sushard, about your Santanshul experience and how you actually balance, because I know you still run, how you balance yeah. the running and running of a shul simultaneously. A lot of listeners want to hear that. We'll be right back. <laughs> Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Welcome back to Soul to Soul, ladies and gents. We're here live in the studio with Rabbi Tzadok Sushard and Melkur, and we're going to go in a little bit into more recent history, going back 46 years ago. Or actually a little more. I believe it's actually 49 years ago. Rabbi Susha, could you tell us when did the Beis HaMadosh go to the Santan Shul? When did it open? When did it begin as a rabbi in Santan? It's a matter of curiosity to know the history because, you know, our shul, the Santan Central Shul, is the oldest building in Santan. It was built in 1924, but it wasn't built as a shul, but... The Almighty had a plan, and it changed into shul, and that started in the World Cup. But we'll leave that for a different show, how our shul started. How did your shul begin? So, uh, so, <clears throat> so there, there was a, a group of fellows um, who had moved to Santon, which was far out in those days. I think that the late Rabbi Rabinovitz used to go horse riding there, and uh, Rabbi Kasper um, of Asholem used to go walking over there. And, um, and then I was in the Yeshiva College, and uh, and they and Rabbi Casper uh, offered me. He he said that uh, there's a if you wanted to try become a rabbi at um, in Santon. So they had they had uh, a nursery school, which was in the Jewish Guild, which doesn't exist now. And there was... Um, Who was holding the position and, before you came? So there was no rabbi before. No one. And they just had... Uh, there was a Reverend Fried who used to come in. 
And it was, uh, was it Dr. Abe Brody? He gave the sermon on Yom Kippur. Uh, <laughs> he read it. He read it out of a book. He was yeah. one of the seniors from our Chabad Seniors Club. I heard a oh, story then. Oh, said so, you know, and uh, um, so right. did Santa Shul choose you, or did you choose it? How did it? How did so, the shidduch happen? So I, uh, I think that they they introduced me there, and they and then they had bought the house where I'm living at the moment. Um, it was in the middle of they were in the middle of trying to buy it. it were, they, they bought the property, but it was part of the Union of Orthodox. Uh, it was a part of the um, of, of of the great synagogue, the Rabbi Kasper and Yovel, and uh, and all afterwards became uh, Santon. So mm-hmm. they, uh, it was the, uh, United Hebrew uh, United Hebrew, Hebrew congregations. Congregation. Now, so they so they they bo- had bought this property. And um, and I was offered to to go there, and I used to go there for Shabbos. I used to leave my wife in Glen Hazel and go with. Um, oh, so I went. So the first time, one of the times I went with my son, also Mordecai. He was already about twelve, thirteen years old, and um, and we we davened in the nursery school, and uh, and and. and uh, after the dubbing, so the uh, chairman um, blew out the candles and turned <laughs> o- and turned turned off the lights. So my son looked at me in amazement because he was already going to uh, in Shiva College, and uh, he says, "Abba, why are we here?" So I said, "Please, God, we'll teach them not to do that." <laughs> and, uh, and you then, certainly have. And then we had um, uh, first Bat Mitzvah. Uh, if she's listening, I know she's in. In uh, Pretoria, Dulcy Brody and her husband Dave, that she was the first, uh, uh, <coughs> you know, in charge of the ladies' guild. We used to have biscuits and cold drink afterwards. She and her daughter had uh, Bedin, who's uh, now in Glen Hazel and has beautiful um, children and grandchildren, all learning Torah. Um, she was the first bat mitzvah we had. You know, it was uh, in those days. So it was um, very interesting. I'm sure over the years you've had many more. Yeah, and interesting, I'm going to mention him. And I remember going, I think, with either Gerald or or Bernie Eisenstein to Izzy Kirsch, Izzy Mushi Kirsch, Mushi Kirsch, and they were there. We got the first big donation from them to build a to build a shul because they wanted to take my house and and have the shul in the bottom, and we should live upstairs. And you know, if if you if if you contain a shul just to a dining room, it'll remain a dining room. Mm-hmm. So I begged him. I said, you know what? Build a hall. And we had plans to build a hall, a shul, you know, all kinds of things. And and so it happened. So we built a the, uh, so they built a hall. And we uh, we had a beautiful opening. And Mel had much to do with it at that time. He was very, uh, very involved. And, and then there was a property next door. So... I asked Gerald buy that property. I think it cost about eighty thousand rand. A well, very clever uh, investment. A, yeah, two and a half acres. It must be worth and uh, tens of millions at the moment. <laughs> and then uh, we were there for quite a long time. I remember Rabbi Harris. I think was you know he said you know Santon's got to have a bigger shul. And I think headed by three fellows uh, was I think Brian Joffe and. Uh, and Myron Berzak and Dave Castle, they decided to build a uh, 
the shul that we have. And we have Is that the, the new, present, new present, magnificent shul. building? Yeah, that was about 19, 20 years ago. So just to put for those who are familiar with the sand and shul structure, where the present day hall is, was that where the shul used That's to be? That's where the shul used to be. And then you built the new beautiful structure, new and, connected, and that was converted into the right, function and they connected hall. it, and then we have the uh, um, party in between, so it was... So it's actually become a, a beautiful camp, uh, campus, and then where King David was, um, we we have our nursery school, which we have about 150 kids. So that used to be on the shul premises. That uh, that still is on the shul. The mini person. The mini person, and but it's uh, it's run by King David, and it's a feeder King David, and then King David bought property out in Woodmead. And uh, they've been building and building, and it's that's a beautiful campus it's also. It's a beautiful, growing school. Growing, so. Tell me, was that the first shul? Was Santon Shul the very first shul in Santon? Very first shul. Now, I noticed that it's called Beis HaMadush HaGadol, as well as being called Santon Shul. Yeah. Were there diff- was it a conglomeration of congregations? Yeah. No, How did no, that so, merger no, happen? So what, what happened is, it, it's, the Beis HaMadush HaGadol was called the Beryl Chagi, and that because of the great cousin that they had. And um, and that's where Rabbi Kosovsky, Michael Kosovsky, was uh, was the rov, and um, you know p- people moved out of Dorfentin, so there was a Burson family, and they decided, and I think through the United Hebrew Congregations, they just they asked, they were prepared to move, uh, they, to give us these safety Torahs and um, probably some monetary help. And we we decided to call our shul the base of Medrash Agodol Center. Interesting. So you succeeded that. That's yeah. a, so, so when so did when did that happen? So that happened uh, during my time. So I would say about thirty years ago. Interesting. And now, when did the next shul open in Santon? How long after was there a new shul? I mean, today there's quite a few shuls yeah, in Santon. So, so what's wonderful is is that uh, a lot of people became Shomri Shabbos, mm-hmm. and a lot of people moved out the area, and then there was a whole group of people living in Wendywood. I think the two main um, areas was Benmore and, um, uh, ben- and Wendywood, and the shul was plunked in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it really it was hard for people, and it was big fancy estates over there. But I told them, I says, one day we will be the new Oxford. <laughs> uh, we will be the new Oxford, and 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 so it is. And what I meant is all bu- bu- it's full of buildings all around, and uh, and the big properties have been divided. So now we have many many. Uh, um, thank God we have a, a large group of Shomri Shabbos people. And uh, so what happened was people used to walk from Wendywood to the shore. Long, it's a long, it was a long walk. And then um, so uh, they decided to start a, a shul over there. And uh, then I think brought in Rabbi Cranus, who's a very good friend. And we worked together beautifully. In these. Wasn't the Chabad of Santon as well? And, uh, and then also Rabbi Hecht. Rabbi Hecht was even further out, uh, even further out. 
and um, to the, to the left towards Woodmead. They're closer to, to the King David. And people came from there also. I think and today, if you look David, around Santon, going all the way as far up north as four ways, you yeah, have the Chabad of four right, ways. Yeah. You have Rabbi Hecht, Chabad of Santon. Yeah. In Galamana area, you have Rabbi Krenas or Sameach. Yeah. You have uh, Rabbi Masinter, Chabad of Benmore River Club. Right, yeah. You have Rabbi Shishler in Chabad of Stradhaven. You have right. our Santon Central Shul. You have uh, Chabad Hyde Park and Chabad of Ilova. So right. today, Santon's got many, many shuls, but right. we know that yours was the pioneering shul yeah, of Santon right, and yeah. still the base yeah. of the Shagoda, the very main, right. the main shul. Everyone yeah. thinks of, you know, that's yeah. the Santon yeah. shul. Yeah. But I'm just curious, did all these shuls opening up have any impact, positive or otherwise, on the shul? Or is it something you embrace that more people, yeah. more shuls, more... Uh, I totally embrace it. Because uh, for, I think, I just want to mention his name, I think David Sussman, I think he had a lot to do with Rabbi Hecht at the mm-hmm. very beginning. And they were all our members, all our members. <laughs> but uh, but it was a, but, a step in the positive direction, yeah, getting more involved with Shabbos. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm, I'm, I'm on the birth team and, and I'm involved in a lot of conversions. And I've had some very, very fine people who became Shomri Shabbos. And and they were closer to Rabbi Hecht, closer to Rabbi Cranus. And I said, that's where you have to go. But we've remained good friends and mm-hmm. that's the way it should be yeah, yeah because that's the the, the, the purpose is uh, surely is, uh, is to make people from and yeah, if only we had pe- if people live next to shuls that it would be ideal that people go to the sh- to that shul but people also connect with their particular rabbi as we saw many of the messages of admiration that you are their personal rabbi and I think oftentimes people connect with the rabbi of their shul yeah. which leads me to another question you know which interesting personalities that you've met during over the past few decades visiting the shul? I know there was a time that Nelson Mandela visited the shul as well as Michael Jackson. Yeah. What were those occasions? What was it like? Yeah, we, we had, uh, I think, uh, Dr. Castle's uh, daughter got married, so, uh, so it was in the grounds of the shul. And the color left from my house, and so Men, uh, Mandela was in my home. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a Cone family that uh, they were good friends with... Uh, Michael Jackson Jackson happened to be an afternoon bar mitzvah because we used to have a lot of, you know, in those days, the first 20 years, there was no other shuls. I used to have a bar mitzvah every single week, and we had to double up on, on, a, on a, a mika. So it was a mika bar mitzvah, and that Michael Jackson, uh, he, they, they were good friends with Michael Jackson, and they, they still belonged to the shul. And I remember at the, we, we danced the horror. And I remember holding Jackson's hand and dancing with him. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any other interesting personalities who visited the shul over the years? Then, then we had, uh, we have always had great kazonim, uh, that, uh, we had, uh, Helfgott was in the shul, um, Adler was in the shul, uh, both Chief Rabbi Laos w- was in the shul, um, Rebetzin Jungreis, uh, came, gave s- speeches in the shul. She even so spoke from the pulpit, eh? Which, uh, uh, it's, no, 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 no. You know, it was after the after the bracha. Right. So it was. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Rebbe Tanesta Jungreis, just to get your perspective, yeah. Yeah. how do you feel? Do you, do you think the woman could get more involved in shul services without compromising halacha? Here you have a woman. I was at the shul once when you honored the uh, Evelyn Green, who is a great personality to, at your shul. Who's yeah. Uh, yeah. Teaching the choir and right, playing right. the music and the head of the Johannesburg Jewish Male Choir. Right, right. So we, you know, she didn't do anything in the shul, but right. uh, but she was in the shul and uh, and uh, 
we we spoke about her. I spoke about her. The chairman spoke about her, mm-hmm. and she made a bracha. So you, you know, of course, the, that uh, you know, behind behind every, you know, behind 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 us all are our wives and the women. So and no doubt, your rebbetzin played a role as well. Yeah, you know, a plays a role, I should say. Right. And I just like to mention also that we we have a mikveh in the shul, mm-hmm. which we uh, the Lutheran family just. Uh, uh, redone the mikveh. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful thing, and I have the and privilege to tevel in Atan Arav Yom Kippur, and it yeah. is beautiful. It is. Yeah. I would just like to mention that, you know, it 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 was something uh, special because I think Rabbi Levy made a mikveh in Germiston, and then you know it, it sort of encouraged us that we needed a mikveh, and there was no mikveh in Santon, and then uh, I think Rabbi Hecht was talking about having a mikveh. And then I was involved in it, and then I realized, you know, to do it properly, you need an expert. And we, so I was instrumental in bringing out Rabbi Posen mm-hmm. um, from England. He, and since then, I think there's not one mikveh in the whole of South Africa, um, here, George, Cape Town, especially the new mikvehs where Rabbi Posen hasn't been brought to Durban. Uh, to uh, to look over the mikveh and to even to draw the plans for the mikveh. Right. Haven't you also written about the halachas of mikveh as well? Is that included? Yes, in I, yes I have. A, what I did is I um, all my correspondence with Rabbi Posen mm-hmm. actually printed in a book and I drew drew pictures and wrote about it. It's um, it's published one, one of my one of my books. Ah, you know. uh, there's so much more. I want to ask Mel. You know, Mel's been with you all these yeah. years at the shul. Mel, maybe you could tell us uh, some interesting experiences you had with Rabbi Sushard in the shul. Uh, maybe tell us some memorable moments. Well, one memorable moment was um, I was a gabai and we were on the pima. Uh, we called up a father for an aliyah. And we asked him, would you like to buy the bimmer? He said, I'd love to, but I've got nowhere to put it. <laughs> uh, I think that was one and one when we asked a guy to make a donation and he pulled out a credit card on Shabbos. <laughs> uh, I, I think one of the highlights uh, was before 94 when Tokyo Sequale arrived to address the conv- our community. It was packed, packed out. Um, it was just something special. He'd never been into Shul, didn't know what Yiddishkeit was, and Rabbi Sushot took him over, opened the Torah, and he saw what the Oran Kodesh was all about. Uh, I think those are special moments. Uh, the Shul today, I believe, is probably the finest campus uh, in the world. It, about its youth center and, and, and the mikveh and the shul and recently done is the, the small shul upstairs which is used daily and I, for a, a special Shabbos minion um, and, and the whole thing is fantastic and I you know one man did it well, it's certainly a vibrant community that you've that you've led over all these years. And Rabbi Susha, we have so many more questions for you, and it's our time is just about up. But maybe we could, maybe you could give us some closing marks for today. And I hope there'll be a sequel to this, maybe next week if you're up to it, because I have so many more questions for you, and I know that so many of our listeners have more questions for you. And I see the messages coming through. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could give us uh, your final words for today. But yeah. we'd we'll love to continue this with you so, in the future. So two things I'd like to say is. That first, I want to thank you, Rabbi Kivan. You've been fantastic and very kind. Um, I, my Rosh Hashiva, Rav Gifte, he, when we talked about retiring, I, he said, "Like he said, there's no such thing as retiring." He says, "You don't 
uh, spell it R-E-T-I-R-E, but R-E-T-Y-R-E, put on <laughs> retreats. And uh, please God, that's something which I really w- would like to do. And, and secondly, that I, um, I, I, I still want to be involved in the community in South Africa, Eretz Israel. I actually don't know exactly w- what the future holds. And uh, I am, am a South African. I love Eretz Israel. I th- I'm very fortunate to have seven married children in Eretz Israel, many grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So my wife says, says it's about time to meet them. I actually, over the phone, um, I just want to say that the credit actually goes to my wife because, you know, she she's a Baltimorean. We met in uh, in, in New York, and uh, she's been here for, for, for 50 years. She doesn't have a blood relative here other than the children, where now most of them are overseas. So got to give her credit. Wow. The Eishet Chayel always standing beside the rabbi, and no doubt anyone familiar with the community knows that Rebetzin Sushart plays a major role as well. Rabbi Sushart, thank you, and Mel, thank you very much for joining us here this afternoon. I hope we could continue this, because there's yes, so much more. We didn't even get to touch on everything. But Mel, let's hear your final words. My final is, I think, this Shabbos in Santon, when we induct uh, Rabbi Sushart as emeritus, will be fantastic and the whole community is invited please God I'll be joining you there I would love to walk over from Arshul it's not too far of a walk and just seeing how colleagues as Rabbanim here Rabbi Sushard welcomed me when I was a yeshiva bacher in 2002 and then when we opened the shul during the World Cup here in Santon you embraced us and welcomed us and gave me lots of guidance and please God for many more happy healthy years I will certainly turn to you and cherish your advice and guidance and looking forward to our sequel of this show, where we'll discuss some other elements of your daily schedule, what it's like to be the Dayan, uh, this, your schedule as a runner, and much more. Thank you all for joining us. Shalom.